Thank you for tuning in to the Voice of the Victim podcast. We discuss a lot of sad and potentially triggering things on this show. We try to be as sensitive and cautious as possible, but if you are sensitive to things involving abuse and may be triggered, please think twice before listening to our show. Welcome to the Voice of the Victim podcast. My name is Ryan. And I'm Rosie. And it's been a really crazy week. Definitely. Very tense. Very heated. Yeah. And right now, it's currently storming off and on, so if you hear any weird noises in the background, we apologize for that. But it's been a big week in American history. And with everything going on and the fact that we live in the Minneapolis area, We couldn't really think or talk about anything else besides what we're going to talk about tonight. And I know you've all heard of it by now. We're talking about George Floyd and then the circumstances of the past week around the country. So I want to preface this episode a bit before we jump into it. On Tuesday night, right before bed, is when I saw the video that went viral of his quote-unquote arrest. And it just made me so sick, I couldn't sleep. And I got out of bed and literally stayed up all night watching the video over and over and writing the first draft of this outline because it was so obviously an injustice. And at the time, I had no idea how big the story would become because stuff like this has happened in the past and then gets swept under the rug, sadly. But this it's literally influenced people from all over the country. And all over the world. Yeah, As you know, we typically try to share stories of lesser-known cases with bigger ones sprinkled in here and there. But, you know, when I started on this, I wanted to get the story out there or do my part in sharing it with our listeners. But it's really had a huge impact, so all the more reason to talk about it because it's Mm -hmm. on a lot of people's minds. We know we're not qualified to speak on a lot of the issues that are embedded in the situation, and we really wrestled with whether we should actually follow through and talk about it. Don't you think, Rosie? Oh, it's we've been ping-ponging it because we just don't want to say anything that would offend anybody. Yeah, and our friends are worried about us talking about it just because mm-hmm. it's so... It's very emotionally charged, and we know we may get some backlash just because of that. But we decided, after talking about, as Minnesotans who run a victim-centered podcast, we have a responsibility to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Even if we can't understand a lot of the issues that people have faced their entire lives that caused the passion behind what's going on, we want to share it with our audience in as unbiased of a way as possible, just showing respect to everyone who was wronged and humanity in general, because we're on the side of respect and kindness towards other people, and we're against harming innocent people and injustices life being taken so with that said are you ready to jump into this rosie mm-hmm. okay george floyd was born in north carolina in october 14th 1973 eventually he moved to houston texas there he met a woman named roxy washington and they had a romantic relationship together after a while they had a daughter and as of right now uh, the daughter's six years old in 2020 so Keep that in mind. George is the father of a six-year-old girl. Uh, He did have some trouble with the law earlier in his life, but I don't think it's really important to bring up now because it doesn't really matter anymore. In 2014, he was released after spending seven years in prison for a 2007 arrest and moved to Minnesota to seek a fresh start. At some point, he started a relationship with a woman named Courtney Ross, who he was engaged to in 2020. So this is just a brief summary of George's history. Um, Because it's so fresh, there's not much information out there about it. But it really seems like George wanted to turn his life around after this trouble he had with the law. 
and he really did. His last rest was 13 years ago, and he had really cleaned up his act. Yeah, definitely. And from what I've learned about George, he was a very godly man. He did a lot in his local church and helping people in the community. Yeah, he did the Salvation Army stuff. He worked for the food shelf. He did a lot of things that would help people in less fortunate situations. And he also had posted a video talking about gun violence in younger generations and how scary it was to him, which, I mean, it really shows his character that he was very wanting to help other people Mm -hmm. in difficult circumstances. As you all know, the world has been going through a really desperate time as a whole over the last few months, which may have had an impact on what we're about to talk about, because George worked at a restaurant. It was called... The Congo Latina... Yeah, Conga Latina Bistro mm-hmm. in Minneapolis. But Minnesota in general, restaurants have been shut down. Right, so his security job there, it was gone. Yeah, so that brings us up to last Monday, May 25th, 2020. So Rosie, you want to get into that? It began around 8 p.m. on Monday night when George Floyd was shopping at a local grocery store called Cup Foods. Not to be confused with Cub Foods, It's cup foods with a P. But when George went to check out after shopping, he went to pay with a $20 bill. After further inspection, the cashier determined that the bill was a fake. And after turning George Floyd away, they called the police to report the attempted fraud. Yeah, as we mentioned, it's been a very difficult and desperate time for people in the area. But a lot of this was caught on the camera of a nearby Asian restaurant. At 8.33 p.m., two officers arrived at the 3700th block of Chicago Avenue South in Minneapolis. They found George Floyd sitting in the driver's seat of his car nearby the store. One police officer approached and stood by each of the front doors of the car, so there was one standing on each side. So according to the police report, based on a visual inspection, George appeared to be intoxicated when they arrived, but... Whether he was or not doesn't justify what was about to happen. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what was in his system. That stuff's all just background noise to what the bigger issues are here. Mm-hmm. So nice you said. So we're just gonna get into the rest of the story. Another man was in the passenger seat and a woman was in the back seat. They spoke to them in the car for a while before asking them all to get out. The man and woman walked across the sidewalk and stood against the wall waiting. And then the police asked George to get out of his car, which he did. But then the officer like roughly spun him around and started trying to cuff him. And this is cut on the camera of a car that was parked behind him that drove away shortly after this, once things started getting heated up. Because at first George resisted the cuffs and the officer on the passenger side ran around the car to help his partner and they wrestled with George for about 30 seconds Hmm. but then he calmed down and let the officer cuff him he was cuffed behind his back and sat on the sidewalk against a nearby building at that same moment about 8 36 p.m another car arrived and another officer got out George was detained there while one of the officers talked to the others in the car with him After he finished the questioning, George was stood back up and taken across the street to another patrol car. And this is where the footage ends for a while. But according to the official police report, they say that he resisted arrest again. But the next footage we have is someone walking from the other side of the street. And you can see three police officers kneeling on top of George at that Mm -hmm. point all at once. And then... Shortly after that, a woman named Darnella Fraser began filming on her cell phone. We still don't know the identity of the first video that shows three police officers on him. But yeah, this is Darnella Fraser's video. And a lot of people congregated around this area while this was all going down. So I don't know who was saying what. But we're going to try to give kind of a description of what happened. And Rosie, do you think we should just watch the video? Sounds good. All right. And before we start this video, we just want to give a disclaimer that it's very disturbing. The things we're about to hear and describe are 
horrific. So if you're really sensitive to that, you might want to skip ahead like 20 minutes or so, but just know that's about to get really rough. God! So immediately he's pleading for his life and Mm -hmm. telling the police officers he can't breathe. And that one police officer is just like standing over him watching. Yeah, that's Tu Tao. He is the one who's in the forefront of this video for the whole time. And then the officer kneeling on his neck is Derek Chauvin. And then there's two other officers who I'll mention the names of later. I can't remember them right now. And we should just describe it in case you haven't seen this video. There's a squad car. Uh, It's parked on the wrong side of the street, facing away from the camera. And then George is laying on the ground, face down on the back. I mean, on the side of the car, but towards the back. His head is like by the back tire. And then you see Officer Chauvin with his knee. Mm-hmm. in his neck and officer Tutau is just standing there watching honestly i don't know how you couldn't how could you not think i'm hurting him i know the way he's gasping for breath it's so obvious and his leg that policeman's his hand is in his pocket And he is pushing down so hard. I just, I'm shocked. Actually, his hand's not in his pocket. Oh, it's not? He's wearing a glove, but he's pushing his leg down even harder than his body weight. It just, it boggles my mind that he he was terrible enough to do that, but then also notice that people were filming and not even care. Oh, wait, just wait. It gets worse. People start to gather around. And there's no way that they didn't think of the fact that they could kill him. But we'll keep going. Well, you got him down, man. Let him breathe, least, man. I've been trying to hear about him. So let him breathe, let him breathe. Officer Chauvin just yelled at him to relax. And then press his knee further into his neck. Like, how's he supposed to relax when he can't breathe? And you can hear the people around starting to speak up because, you know, at first they don't want to get in the middle of official police business. But they're seeing that what these officers are doing is hurting George seriously and this is less than a minute into the video we're 50 seconds in to a 10 minute video then he asks what do you want i think that was too tau he says what do you want he's been telling them this whole time i can't breathe get off of his neck mm-hmm. if you need to hold him down hold his back or something that's not cutting off his air supply like your neck it's the softest tissue of your body and it contains your most important body parts it contains your airway it contains your uh, spinal cord that controls every all your functions it's the way food gets into your system like so many important functions are in your neck and they're just smashing it mm-hmm. right now. Please leave my dick. I can't be Bro, get up, get in the car, man. I will. Get up, get in the car. So his friend is telling him to get up and get in the car, hoping the police will be like, okay, we'll let him get up now. And George is saying, I will, but they won't get off of him. Mm-hmm. They won't let him breathe. And you can hear in George's voice that he's starting to, like, not be able to get enough air to even talk. He starts to call for his mom, mm-hmm. who sadly died last year, and it was a really tough time for him. And I mean, when you start to call for your mama as a grown man, that's a common thing 
when you're in a lot of physical distress. It reminds me of when my grandpa was passing away in his final days of cancer. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. And then you just, you're so close. I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you can like see your death coming and you're longing for the comfort of your mother, you know, the person who made you feel like things were going to be okay. It's heartbreaking to see George calling for her like that. He just made such a good point. He's not resisting arrest. Mm -hmm. And even if he was, this kind of force over an alleged charge of a counterfeit bill? How? How does... I don't, I don't even know what to say. How long y'all gonna hold him down? Why are you kids? He says, don't do drugs, kids. Who, was that? That was too Tao. Oh, okay. That's... It's like, what does that have to do with any of this? Mm. Like, even if George is on drugs, why... How could they possibly justify this? And did you see Derek Chauvin's face when he looked up at the camera? He looked like a psychopath. Just so much anger in his face mm. and hate. It's not about drugs, bro. Yeah, so what would their plan be? Like, did they? Well, it's they interesting. They said that pretty much right away they called for an ambulance, and the ambulance shows up at the end of this video. But why would they call for an ambulance? Like, why exactly. would they just put him in the back of the car? Exactly. They claim it was because he looked like he was mm. intoxicated. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, he doesn't take his knee off his neck until the ambulance shows up. But if they were so worried about him resisting arrest, then why would the ambulance... I don't know. I don't it, know. It's something that doesn't make sense. But it almost seems... And a lot of the things... That are popping in my head as I, as we watch this are things that Derek Van Shake mentioned when he talked about the body language of this, in this video. But he, at the end of the video, when the ambulance shows up, he mentions how it almost seems like this was all part of the plan. Like they call an ambulance, they kneel on him until he's passed out, and then they throw him in the ambulance. And apparently, there have been two hundred other cases within police reports where this has been a tactic they use to subdue somebody. And 44 out of those 200 times, the person lost consciousness mm. while they were on them. Which the police chief says it's not officially approved. It's not an approved tactic. but It's not officially approved, but But they it's haven't an done anything to stop it in the past. <sighs> you, you circle, okay. like in a jiu-jitsu move, bro, you, tra you trapped him, he's breathing right there, bro. Okay. Like, you don't think that what that is, bro? You don't think nobody understands that shit right there, bro? I trained at the academy, bro. That's some bullshit, bro. Right, that's bullshit, bro. That's bullshit, bro. Hey, you, you fucking stopping his breathing right there, bro. Okay, he's talking. Bro, but you can get him off the ground. You've been a bum right now. You can get him off the ground, bro. You can get him off the ground. You've been a bum right now. He enjoying that. He enjoying that shit. He enjoying that shit. He a fucking bum, bro. He... 
what Derek Chauvin looked up when he started saying that he's enjoying it, and just the look on his face, like he is. Mm-hmm. I think people are in pretty unanimous, unanimous agreement that this was completely egregious. Mm-hmm. This is straight up murder, and it's it's so sad that it's a murder perpetrated by a police officer mm-hmm. with three other police officers as accomplices. And there's no other way around it. That's just what this is. And you have these people standing around telling them over and over for seven minutes straight. People are telling them, you're killing him. You need to get off. And it just keeps escalating as we'll hear. Do you have anything else to say? No, just that these people are trained to serve us, right? Serve and, and protect. Protect, and what a complete abuse of power. Yeah, exactly. And we'll talk about that later, too. You could have put him in the car by now, bro. He's not resisting arrest or nothing. You enjoying it. Look at you. Your body language explains it, you f***ing bum. Uh, at this point, George isn't talking anymore. He's not pleading to be able to breathe. He's just kind of like, it almost looks like he's passing out. Yeah. And just kind of twitching a little bit, but he's not breathing. Or, I mean, not speaking. So. Bro, I trained with half of these bum ass dudes at the academy, bro. You know that's bogus right now, bro. You know it's bogus. You can't even look at me like a man because you're a bum, bro. He's not even resisting arrest right now, bro. His nose is bleeding. Are you supposed to stop and he's breathing right now, bro. You think that's cool? That's cool. You think that's cool though, right? What's your what's your old football? Man, what's your badge number, bro? You think that's cool right now, bro? And then two towels just standing there. You're a bum, bro. You're you're a bum for that. You're a bum for that. Just looking back and forth. Oh, did you see that? What was he doing? He was pulling out his pepper spray. Seriously? Because someone started to walk into the street. Oh my gosh. So Derek Chauvin, who had his knee on top of George's neck, he all of a sudden gets this super angry, defensive look on his face, reaches for his pepper spray. For a second, I thought he was reaching for a gun or something. I know, but got super defensive yeah. when someone started stepping up because someone's just trying to come help George because George is passed out at this point and Derek continues to hold his knee in his neck mm-hmm. <sighs> what the f- he got me he got me he cannot breathe come here no first of all Look at him. Yeah, someone walked out to get a better look at George. Didn't go near the officer Chauvin, but went out into the street far enough just to see George. And Officer Tutau stood behind him and was yelling at him to back off, get back onto the sidewalk. And it's like their job is to serve and protect the public. The public has every right to see what's going on mm-hmm. in this situation. It's a public arrest. That's a public street. They can't tell someone to get off the street and not see what's happening. They shouldn't be able to conceal what they're doing from the public when they're literally commissioned to protect the public um, and funded by the public. Officer Tao's not looking... Good either. I mean, oh, he's totally no. going along with it. He's public enemy number two of this situation because mm-hmm. he's the biggest accomplice just shoving off these crowds and minimizing everything they're saying about how they're hurting George, you know? And people have, I mean, both of these officers have are despised by the public now because of this video, and rightly so. I mean, these actions are absolutely Horrendous. horrific and evil. So there's a firefighter woman who's there. I think she's the one that walked out into the street, actually. Um, she's works for the Minneapolis Fire Department, is mm-hmm. what she says. Mm-hmm. And she's starting to ask, does he have a pulse? Bro, 
Is he breathing right now? Officer Tao isn't even looking at him. He like refuses to turn around and look. I know, because he knows deep down this is wrong. All of them know this is wrong. And as they're demanding to see a pulse, George is clearly unconscious. And yet Derek continues to hold his knee on his neck. It's like, this is past the point of subduing someone who's resisting arrest. Because if he's passed out, they don't need to hold him down anymore. He's handcuffed. He's already subdued. And he's been handcuffed since he got out of his car. Mm-hmm. So he, they never needed to do this to subdue him. Check his pulse. Check his pulse, Tao. check his pulse. Tao, check his pulse, bro. Bro, check his pulse, bro. You bogey, bro. You Don't do drugs, bro. Oh, my god. Again, he said, don't do drugs. And again, what does that have to do with this? It's just like his snarky remark that he keeps using. Yeah, it's like these people are clearly concerned about George's well-being and Mm -hmm. his safety and his health. And, you know, because they're showing him humanity and respect for human life, these officers are completely disregarding it. And Tu Tao just keeps making cheap, offhanded remarks at these people totally disrespecting them as human beings and their concern for a fellow human being doesn't matter what george did at this point as an american he's entitled to rights and one of those rights is being able to face trial and be safely detained not this mm-hmm. what is that what do you think that is you so you call what he doing okay get back you call what he doing okay you call, you call what you do, you call what you doing okay, bro? Bro, bro, you, 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 you call, you think that's okay? Check his balls. Check his balls. Again, yelling at people to get back onto the sidewalk. The man ain't moved yet, bro. I would be a lot more vulgar than calling him a bum, I feel like, if I was in this situation. Because mm-hmm. they're trying so hard to save George's life while they can. And these... I mean, you guys get it. You hear what's going on. Okay, so now the paramedics just showed up, and they're checking for a pulse, finally. But Derek Chauvin still hasn't moved his knee. He has his knee on George's neck while the paramedic's checking for a pulse. And the paramedic doesn't do anything. He doesn't tell, like, why you have your knee on his neck. Mm-hmm. He should be rolling George onto his back right now and administering CPR, because that's his job as a paramedic first responder. But this officer won't get off of George's neck, and no one has the balls to tell him to get off of his neck. Everyone's complicit. All of the law enforcement and first responders on this scene are complicit. And I know this is really, really difficult to listen to and to watch, but I feel like it's important to understand how many people were trying to help George. Mm Mm-hmm. And just what a terrible experience this was for George and for the people around. And George's poor family, because it's so hard to watch. I just can't imagine being his family and knowing that this is how their loved one died Mm -hmm. and having the video online. Right. For everybody to see. Yeah, for everyone to see and for them to see but how heartbreaking and painful it would be to watch. Are you serious? Bro, are you serious? And you gonna keep your, you gonna keep, you gonna keep your, you think you want neck? Yeah, bitch. Bro, we, bro, I'm here to touch me like that, dude. I swear I'm out of both of y'all. I you gonna let him keep his hand on his neck, bro? You're a bitch, bro. Tao, you gonna keep you gonna let him keep that like that? You gonna let him kill that man in front of you, bro? Huh? Huh? Bro, he's not even. 
right now, bro. This is what it's going to do. Bro, they're not going to help us, bro. Right. He's black. They don't care. If it ain't fake people, they don't care, bro. You're going to just sit there with your knee on his neck, bro. You're a real man for that, bro. He ain't handcuffed, bro. Just a real man. I'm a real man. Did you hear her? Yeah, yeah. These are the paramedics. They just like they, threw them on the. They should be doing chest compressions right now, mm -hmm. but instead of treating him like they should, like they should treat everybody by doing chest compressions and trying to get his pulse back, they're just. Finally, after eight minutes, they're finally putting him on a stretcher. And his body, as they pick he's him limp. up, is, yeah. He's obviously, he obviously needs severe medical attention. And instead, they just throw him on this stretcher. Like, how could paramedics, self-respecting paramedics, not give him the treatment he deserves? And how could, uh, how could... Derek Chauvin get away with this like how could none of the, his partners or the people working with him at this moment call him out mm. I know it, it's mind boggling like it almost feels like a pride thing like they're not gonna call one of their own out in front of other people because of pride which at this point it's about human life and that should come before the pride of the police officers but that's all we really need to watch from this video. It's it's just so sad. Do you have anything to say about it? It's, it's hard to watch. It's just, it's really hard to comprehend that somebody could do that to somebody else when there's so many obvious signs that you're hurting someone. Like, you're, people are yelling it to you. Mm -hmm. And yet, he's just complete, like a brick wall, talking to a wall. Ugh, it's enraging and so on Wednesday people in the Minneapolis area started to respond to this because this video that she posted went viral and people started protesting because obviously this is unjust unfair treatment and the protests were very peaceful and respectful they brought up how this all went down and Derek Chauvin was still walking free. The other officers and paramedics at the scene were walking free, even though they were obviously complicit in this. So the protests were going peacefully. They were protesting basically to get these officers charged and to make a change so this kind of thing can't happen. Mm -hmm. Right, because they had every right. Yeah. I mean, this is unacceptable. You mentioned earlier, it's a complete abuse of power. And we talk about this all the time in abuse cases we cover, but one of the main pillars of abuse is a power imbalance. And clearly these officers felt they had impunity to do whatever they want and get away with it. And they did, they had the power over George to take his life in a cold, callous and vicious way mm -hmm. and get away with it. And in public in broad daylight in public and they really believed they'd get away with it which is something that it's is really scary because at this point it's too late to get George back no matter what kind of changes are implemented because of the stuff that's happened we can't get George back and his family will talk about that in some clips we'll play later but and it's too late it's too late for that they've al already done it if this officer thinks he can get away with this in public in front of a crowd, then it's scary to think what other things he can do in the dark without yeah, anybody around. Exactly. It's interesting you say that because you haven't even watched the Derek Van Shake video about this, mm -hmm. which, as always, I highly recommend it. But he says that exact same thing. If this man is able to justify doing this in front of people, what kind of sick crap does he do mm -hmm. when no one's looking? Right. But anyway, completely understandable why people are protesting, because there needs to be a change. Unfortunately, there were also people that began to get violent 
and take advantage of the situation to start setting fires in town, breaking glass, stealing from local stores, mm-hmm. and destroying the communities you know, that others are trying to desperately protect. Yeah. And of course, the media wanting to break the story as quick as possible labeled these rioters as broken off of the protesting and basically attached the rioting to the identity of the peaceful protesters, which is absolutely wrong. Which is so sad because now while I'm driving and I see peaceful protesters, I get fearful of what's going to happen in the next couple of minutes. Yeah. Because of all the stigma that is now with protesters. Yeah, because, I mean, these peaceful protests are open to the public. You never know if there's some bad apples mixed in there. With Um, completely different intentions. Yeah, that have just shown up to stir the pot, even though these good-hearted people that are just trying to get change and get justice are taking time out of their lives to to do this but i think wednesday night someone got shot and died during the protests and because it got so violent police started responding because that's their job they need to protect the public but they started gassing the crowds and shooting rubber bullets into the crowds and i'm sure a lot of people that were there to peacefully protest got caught in the crossfire Mm -hmm. and got gassed and got hit with rubber bullets and it's so unfair to those people that honestly want change that these rioters got violent because the minute you get violent the message is lost Mm -hmm. i mean the message is don't harm innocent people derek chauvin is a murderer he broke the law. He's a murderer. He took this life. And that's a disgraceful act of harm on an innocent human being. Right. But then there's the riots that have also taken innocent lives and caused so much anger. And that's the other side of the coins where people have taken advantage of the situation to harm other people which is also wrong like there needs to be respect for human life i mean every group of people has bad apples in it the police force obviously had bad apples in it Mm -hmm. Derek and his crew here they were the bad apples of the force but that doesn't mean everyone on the force is and then these groups of people that were in downtown there were the good people that were trying to peacefully protest and then you had the bad apples that were mixed in Mm -hmm. that started the violence one of the videos that really hit me was some of these rioters that were putting mattresses on fire and it was all sorts of debris but then they like dragged this random mattress that they found in the streets and this homeless guy comes running up to them and is screaming like no like this is mine this is my home like this is my home and it was it was so, it just made me tear up because he like, he rushed over to the guy who was holding his phone, the camera, and just like screaming like, you can't do this, like this is all I have, this is it, this is my home. And just like dragged the burning mattress off and was trying to stomp it out while crying. It was so, so sad. And that is not justice. No. That, I mean, how could you ever say like, this is, this is helping. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was so sad and that's exactly the problem with bringing violence into this which obviously the people who brought violence into this were in the wrong because now they're hurting the people that they're trying to get justice for the peaceful protesters trying to get justice for the minorities that have been struggling in Minneapolis and now they're taking away their small businesses Mm -hmm. they're taking a not the protesters, the rioters are right. taking away the small businesses and the grocery stores in the area. They're taking away their food supply. They're taking away the jobs. They're taking away all these small businesses like Lake Street in Minneapolis. Almost all the businesses were completely destroyed. People were writing and spray paint. The kids lived above the stores while they were boarding up their shops. I mean, it's just, I can't believe that we've gotten to this point where. These families 
have to write this in spray paint on their boarded up shops at, because they're so terrified at night that their building might burn down. It just... Yeah. And the violence has gotten so out of hand. Like, the officer... I can't remember exactly what his position was, but I think he was a law enforcement officer in California. He was a black man, and he got killed, shot and killed, in angry, in the angry riots that have been happening. We saw that video from Los Angeles where the two squad cars were driving down the freeway while there was a protest, mm-hmm. the giant protest was walking down the freeway. Then you got some angry rioters that started throwing stuff at their cars and breaking their windows and jumping on their cars. And one of the people, one of the rioters, jumped onto the first car and wouldn't let go. And the first car sped up. Oh, and yeah, I remember then that one now. the guy who wouldn't let go got thrown off, hit the ground, and he didn't move after that. So I don't know if he was unconscious or what. But then... The other squad car pulled up and stopped next to him to see if he was okay. And then they started, they threw stuff at his window. They shattered his back window and were trying to pull him out of the car. And this was one of the ones that was stopping and trying to help. And even they got attacked. They got caught in the crossfire. And it's just like with George Floyd. He he didn't deserve to get attacked either. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest problems that... I'm seeing is that people have been judging individuals based on their group identity instead of the individual and also judging groups of people based on the actions of certain individuals that have identified in that group instead of realizing that every individual in a group is responsible for their own actions. I mean, that's prejudice. That's Mm -hmm. the problem is judging people based on what you think they are instead of who they really are and it's so sad yeah. I mean that's where all of these issues come from and ugh, it's just so sad and then you had that small business owner in Texas that went after the crowd with a sword and then he got beat senseless in the street and that I mean he's just trying to defend his store because he's so yeah. I mean that's what I took up from it but he went, he went about it in a really stupid way. Yeah. No, he, you're he right. He shouldn't have run into a crowd with a sword. No, no, he should not. That was... But at the same time, they shouldn't have kicked him until he was unconscious. He was just mangled on the ground, bleeding. It's just, everything is so messed up with the violence and the rioting. It loses the message. And so I think we've said enough on this. We're going to let other people who are more qualified speak about it in these videos. So this first video we're going to play audio from, it's Ilhan Omar, who is a political official in Minnesota. And she She, is an amazing speaker. Yeah, she's an African-American woman originally from Somalia. And she had some really important stuff to say about everything going on. So we're going to listen to her talk first, and then we're going to listen to some of George Floyd's family talking and just share some things they had to say. So here we go. This is Ilhan Omar. And we apologize for the thunder. We see the kind of destruction that is taking place in our streets. We know those are not our organizers. We know those are not our protesters. We know those are not the people who are grieving the lives that have been taken from our community. Because we all know that we have collectively fought for business development to take place on Lake Street. Every single meeting that Ray and and Jeff and I have been in has been to invest in minority-owned businesses in our communities, to develop this corridor and make our community a more equitable one. So when you see a destruction to one of the most valued business corridors for minority communities in Minneapolis being destroyed, you know those are not minorities that are doing that destruction. And so I wanted to make it clear. When we say outsiders, I don't care whether that people understand it to mean that it is people from outside of Minneapolis or not. What we mean is those are not our people. Those are not the people who are grieving in the ways that we are grieving. Those are not the people who are interested 
in helping get justice for George Floyd. Those are not the people who are interested in making sure that our communities continue to thrive. Those are not the people who are feeling the pains of African-American mothers in our community. These are not the people who are living with the fears that I live with on what to happen with my son. If you care, again, about black lives, you cannot set a fire in Minneapolis risking black lives. I don't know how more clear we can say that. We can be angry, we can ask for justice, we can protest, we can take it to the streets, we can blow up the phones of the people that represent you, but what we cannot do is start a fire that can take lives. Wow. That yep. like makes me have like a lump in my throat. Like the way she says it with so much conviction is just like Yeah. She is amazing. We definitely can't say it anywhere near as well as that. And she's lived it. She's helped build up the businesses that got destroyed. Mm-hmm. She you know, she made such a great point here. And that's why we really wanna stress the distinction between the peaceful protesters and the rioters because they're not the same group. Mm-hmm. The media, you know, instantly applied the identity of the protesters onto the rioters as right. soon as the story broke. It was just one big glob. And a lot of people out there who believe everything the media says form these instant opinions about the protesters mm-hmm. and then that opinion falls onto the protesters even though they had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And it's such a shame. But I think she said it so well here. She did. She. I mean, I've been seeing so much stuff on the internet and on social media about you can't feel like you're getting justice for George Floyd and the African-American community unless you are breaking and destroying the city. And it just... Like, the way she said it is so beautifully, like, how could you support and grieve and put other people at risk? Yeah, You know, like, the two are completely different. Uh Uh-huh. And that's why I'm also stressing the point that you can't judge groups of people as a collective. You have to take each individual because it doesn't matter what your appearance is. It doesn't matter what your background is. You can't judge anyone based on that. And you also... You can't judge those groups mm-hmm. of people based on the actions of individuals in them. Right. Terrible things happen that way. Yeah. It, it doesn't. Way it's wrong. It never works. And, I mean, these rioters, they're of all colors and backgrounds. I mean, just because you're white doesn't mean you're a racist. And just because you're black doesn't mean that you're fighting for black rights. You know, each individual is taking the situation and handling it the way they're going to handle it. And what she's saying here is, if you're rioting, you're not benefiting the cause. Once it turns violent, the message is lost. But you brought up justice, and the people who really deserve justice in this case are George Floyd's family. Mm -hmm. And so now we're going to share what his brother, Terrence Floyd, he came to Minneapolis. I think he's from the area, but he spoke to the protesters just to make his voice publicly heard. So let's share what he said. I understand y'all upset. But like it was already said, I doubt y'all have as much as I So if I'm not over here wilding out, if I'm not over here blowing up stuff, if I'm not over here messing up my community, then what are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? Y'all doing nothing. Because that's not going to bring my brother back at all. It may feel good for the moment, just like when you drink. But when they come down, you're going to wonder what you did. My family is a peaceful family. My family is God-fearing. Yeah, we upset. But we're not going to take it. We're not going to be repetitious. In every case of police brutality, 
The same thing has been happening. Y'all protest. Y'all destroy stuff. And if they don't move, you know why they don't move? Because it's not their stuff, it's our stuff. So they want us to destroy our stuff. They're not going to move. So let's do this another way. Let's do this another way. Being George's brother, knowing George way better than any of us do, mm-hmm. he's speaking for George's family. The writing's not helping. Like he says in the beginning, if all of you are upset, just imagine how upset I am. None of you are as upset as me because he's my brother. He's my loved one. Mm-hmm. But you got to stop with the rioting and do it in a peaceful way. So... Do you have anything else to say about that? Well, he just, I mean, he's so itself. full of emotion and he says it so plain out. Like we are a peaceful family. We're a God fearing family. This is not like if you were really interested in finding justice for George Floyd, I don't see why you wouldn't follow his family's wishes on how to execute that. Right. And this has been really hard on George's family. Uh, his sister was on NBC And I just want to share a clip of her as well, just talking about how hard this has been on the family Mm -hmm. because I feel like that human aspect is so important to remember with cases that blow up out of the realm of the family and become political and social issues when the real issues are on a more human level. So let's hear what she has to say. Me and my family are taking this uh, very, very hard. Um, It's very heartbreaking. It's very disturbing to our peace. Uh, We're just doing the best that we can and um, making sure that we do the right thing, do what he would want us to do. And... um, Yes, it's very hard. It's very hard. So, it's just important for all of us to take some time to think about how hard this is for the family. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the issue that the police officers were able to do this and think they could get away with it is huge, and that needs to change. Mm-hmm. And... Justice needs to be brought to the people who were involved. And Derek Chauvin was arrested, I think, Thursday or Friday. But he was charged only with manslaughter and third-degree murder, which a lot of people were upset about because it's obviously first-degree murder. But they can always add more charges. I think maybe right now they're just... They did lighter charges just to get him in jail Mm -hmm. so he's not a free man while they continue to build a case. So I think it'll eventually end up being first degree. But then a lot of people are also calling for the arrest of Tutau and the other officers that were there and the paramedics. and Which the police chief himself, Aaron Dondo, said they were complicit with the actions and they should be charged. Officer Tao, for sure. I mean... Yeah, he was willingly... He was actively keeping people from helping George. Yeah. I don't see how anybody could be any more ignorant about the situation. I mean, just... so sad. Blatant, ignoring the onlookers' suggestions of just checking on him or Mm -hmm. taking his pulse to make sure he's alive. I mean, they just just had... just taking your knee off of him once he's unconscious... Yeah. Or before, or never even putting your knee on his neck. Mm-hmm. Put it on his shoulders or something. Something that won't kill him. <sighs> it looked more like they were trying to restrain an animal than oh be holding on, you know, resisting a person. I can't imagine the fear. Like, I feel so bad for the people who have to live with this fear of mm-hmm. this happening to them. I mean, yeah, it's one person murdering another person. 
But there have been so many cases like this from George Floyd to Ahmaud Arbery earlier this year and Eric Garner, Rodney King. And I mean, we could go on and on for hours about this, but I feel so bad that certain people have to live with that fear. Mm -hmm. And I would never pretend to know what the black community is going through and what they have gone through their entire lives. And what we're for is equality and people being treated respectfully despite of their background or appearance. I mean, that's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. If everyone just respected each other, this kind of thing wouldn't happen and there would be real equality. But it's just such a such a sad situation for George and his family mm-hmm. and such a complicated one. What do you think, Rosie? Um, well, I guess what I want to say without sounding too ignorant is that I never really thought about people um, who are black being treated differently. Like, I just, I was never raised to think that. I just really thought that we were all equal and that probably just sounds dumb. Well, yeah, we are ignorant because we've never experienced this. So this situation and hearing like the actual protesters talk about it, like the interview, um, what was her name? Who spoke? Ilhan Omar. Yeah, I just, I guess it really put me in check, like putting myself in the shoes of someone who's a different skin color than me and realizing like, oh my gosh, that's so wrong to actually fear doing everyday things and having to feel like you have to do it careful, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, when I see a cop behind my car, I get really nervous because I don't want to be pulled over, but I don't feel like threatened for my life or yeah, anything. You don't feel like if you do get pulled over, you could die. So I appreciate being more aware of this situation because yeah. I was just, I was brought up like, we don't treat anybody differently and we don't, we just assume that everyone is the same. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like I need to be a lot more respectful and like helpful and ask my friends, people I know, like, can I help? Can I, like, you know what I mean? Like, and that's why I really wanted to cover this story is because having this podcast, we do have a responsibility to shed light on things like this and if we were ignorant to it with as much stuff as we've researched we want to share this story with our audience and with as many people as we come in contact with because Mm -hmm. there are racist people out there that make life dangerous more dangerous for black people and i mean we're ignorant about it because we haven't experienced it right But sadly, there's always, I mean, that's what it comes down to. What I've been trying to say throughout this episode is there's always bad apples in the bunch. There's always, there's the people that are racist, and it doesn't mean all white people are racist. And that's why I I said we can't judge groups of people based on the actions of individuals, and we can't judge individuals based on what people within groups of individuals have done. So... That's really what I'm trying to say. But Mm -hmm. again, it goes both ways. There's bad apples in every bunch, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm just pro-respect for human life and kindness. Yeah. And against harming innocent people and violence. So what do you think? As a middle-class white suburban girl, this whole situation has taught me a lot. And I hope mm-hmm. to be nothing but respectful and helpful and making everybody feel equal and appreciated and respected. Yeah. That's what we all need to put into practice if things are going to get better is mutual respect and kindness and never viewing anyone as... Lesser. Everyone's equal despite their appearance or background. And hopefully this helps everybody in the world. I mean, the numbers show I, I did some research and like, the gap between like people that make money between black and white is huge. The mm-hmm. number of people in prison, the fractions are totally skewed. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it is a serious problem and well, I hope and that obviously we don't want to turn this into a political discussion. We're just, we again, just from the standpoint of human life yes. and respect for people. But with everything we just said, 
us ignorant kids trying to learn from this. I've heard it said a lot, but let's not let George's death be in vain. Mm-hmm. You know, let's try to learn from it because it has blown up so much and has had such an impact on the country. So hopefully a lot of other people can learn from it as well and are able to get the right news. I don't think we really have anything mm-hmm. else to say this week. We just feels good to have that done because I was so nervous about this episode. I feel like we've gotten yeah our point across. Yeah, we were both very nervous because obviously we wanted to be as respectful and unbiased as possible. And we can't ignore it. I mean, this is this will be in textbooks. This is a huge situation. Yeah, it is. It's a historical event or an historical event. I don't know. Man, 2020 has been a ride, hasn't it? <sighs> oh, my gosh. It? Yeah, and, uh, that's a popular meme right now is that 2020 sucks, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of memes about it. But, okay, you guys, well, thank you for listening. We really appreciate you and your time and your kindness. We have a really great group of listeners. We do. They're so kind and always reaching out to us. And we got so much love this week, and we're going to talk about it in a f- in the future, but just, this week we just wanted to focus on this. Yeah. We didn't want to dilute this episode with anything based on our podcast. So we hope that we cover this in a respectful way. And if you do have criticism or if, if we got anything wrong, feel free to reach out to us in a respectful way. But thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.